they've been very good at collecting points. They need to start collecting a few more wins. And the Islanders sort of rolled the dice on Ilya Sorokin's and Semyon Varlamov's health. You know, in my day, you only had one TV, so if you're sneaky, you wouldn't get caught. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, episode 176. And welcome to 2024, a very happy and healthy new year to all. And thanks for giving a listen. I'm Andrew Gross of Newsday, and on this episode, we'll go a little bit in depth on whatever is going wrong right now, the uh, injury problems to goalie Semyon Varlamov that uh, could prove very significant to the Islanders in their playoff push or for the short term here in January. Uh, On that subject, I'll include a chat I had with defenseman Scott Mayfield uh, just about playing through injuries. And then, uh, and I'm very happy to present this to you and uh, I'll talk a little bit more about it later on. But this is a a bucket list item of mine, getting to interview uh, the very seldom interviewed Billy Smith, the Hall of Fame goalie uh, from the Islanders dynasty, which I had a chance to do uh, last week when he was down for the opening of the park uh, outside Belmont Park and uh, UBS Arena. And of course, your questions for Andrew's answers. And as I speak, gazing out at the Arizona State campus from my hotel room, the Islanders are halfway through a four-game swing that has started 0-1-1. That was uh, a 3-1 loss in Pittsburgh on New Year's Eve and uh, Tuesday night's 5-4 overtime loss to the Avalanche. Uh, In that game, uh, as I mentioned, Varlamov comes out in the first period, about five minutes left, and uh, still no updates on that. And also defenseman Robert Bortuzzo, uh, gets kind of checked into the boards and uh, in the second period, and he seems to be out for a while now. He gets placed on injured reserve on Wednesday. So uh, this road trip is part of a January schedule that sees the Islanders play 8 of 13 on the road. The Islanders come home, they play a couple of games, and then they're right back out for another four-game swing. Uh, That one will take them to Nashville, Minnesota, Winnipeg, and Chicago for yet another uh, reunion with former Islander Anthony Beauvillier, now playing in Chicago after being traded uh, from the Canucks. And that all leads into the All-Star break at the end of the month. And, and, And the Islanders have been holding their own in the Metropolitan Division standings, uh, at, at current glance, they're in third place. Uh, this month's schedule is a, a very challenging one. Uh, without trying to be too negative, they need to start gaining some wins here on the road. Otherwise, uh, they, they do have teams chasing. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes not chasing the Islanders. They're chasing the Rangers for first place, but the Hurricanes playing really good hockey. Those two teams certainly looking like the elite in the division. Philadelphia Flyers are not going anywhere. Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals, two teams that we all seemed very ready to write off. Uh, Both of those teams have been sticking around, playing better. Certainly the Penguins uh, playing better, although uh, 
they give up four goals in the first period the other night to uh, the Capitals. So the Capitals also challenging or, or could challenge again for a playoff spot. And there's still the uh, New Jersey Devils. So the, the Islanders have to, they've been very good at collecting points. They need to start collecting a few more wins as they go through January on the road. And gaining wins, as good as Ilya Sorokin is and can be, it will be extremely challenging if Semyon Varlamov is out for a longer stretch of games. Uh, shortly before recording this podcast, the Islanders announced they had again recalled Ken Appleby from their AHL affiliate in Bridgeport. Now, Appleby uh, is a 28-year-old. He's played almost exclusively in the minor leagues in his career, mostly in the AHL, uh, sometime in the ECHL. He got in three games uh, for the Devils uh, a few seasons back, but otherwise that's it for Ken Appleby from an NHL experience point of view. If Varlamov is out, and, and Ilya Sorokin had started playing more of the games, I think it was four or five straight starts uh, before Varlamov was back in net. Sorokin could wear out. They're going to need to spot start uh, someone for Sorokin. Uh, as the schedule goes on in January. Um, could that be Ken Appleby if Varlamov really does have a, a lingering issue that keeps him out? And, you know, how does that affect the Islanders' playoff uh, prospects if they don't have uh, an NHL-ready backup? Uh, those are some serious questions for this organization. It's sort of, you know, and not quite the same, but maybe in the same vein. Uh, through the whole NFL season, right, we discussed how could the Jets have gone into the season with only Zach Wilson as a, a viable backup option to Aaron Rodgers, um, given what the organization showed they felt about uh, Zach Wilson's play, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to turn this into uh, uh, a Jets podcast. But the, the the Jets did not adequately protect themselves for an Aaron Rodgers injury, and in the same vein, when Corey Schneider retired after, uh, you know, we we found out this summer that he he wasn't going to play, and I think it was at the. Uh, the NHL draft in Nashville where Lou Lamarillo confirmed uh, that Corey Schneider would not be back in the organization. At that point, the thought Lou said was that maybe Corey would continue his career over in Europe. Corey's doing great for himself. Uh, if you've seen him on TV, he's a natural. He's going to have a long career on TV. So Corey Schneider is doing what he should be doing right now. Um, Lou Lamarillo had all summer to bring in another goalie of that ilk. And when I say that ilk, look, Corey Schneider injuries had derailed his NHL career, but you knew having him down at Bridgeport, if, if there was an injury, if you needed Corey Schneider to play a game or two in the NHL, he was going to be okay. He had that experience. And other than Ken Appleby's Three games in the NHL a few seasons back with the uh, Devils. There is no one in the Islanders organization right now that really has that experience. And uh, talk a little bit more about that later on. Um, but the, the the point being is uh, Lou and and the Islanders sort of rolled the dice on Ilya Sorokin's and Semyon Varlamov's health 
through this season, and now you're sort of at a, a critical juncture where that might be tested and tested in a in a very strong way. Um, Varlamov uh, exited at fourteen fifty two of the first period uh, against the uh, Avalanche. He had stopped eleven of twelve shots. Uh, like I said, Ken Appleby was recalled on an emergency basis from Bridgeport on Wednesday. He'll presumably back up Sorokin against the Coyotes. That was also the case. Appleby was Sorokin's backup for uh, the Islanders' 5-1 win over the Caps at UBS Arena on Friday. Varlamov was unavailable for that game. Uh, the Islanders called it maintenance. Um, he had also missed the previous day's practice. Uh, I, I got a chance to speak to Varlamov when we were in Pittsburgh uh, at the start of the trip before uh, that game. Uh, he told me that, you know, and he was, he was talking at that point about being able to dress as Sorokin's backup uh, against, the, uh, uh, against the Penguins. But, you know, it, it stood to reason that he was going to get a start. And I, I always thought he was going to start against the Avalanche. Um, Varlamov told me that, you know, he would not dress, he wouldn't be able to dress unless he was 100% healthy because he couldn't go out and play unless he was 100% healthy. He, he told me uh, whatever maintenance issue he had, that did not occur when he was forced in for Sorokin in the third period of that 7 nothing loss to the Penguins on Sunday at UBS Arena. Varlamov said the issue did not occur in that third period. It was something from before that. Um, you know, and look, the Islanders are in lockstep with the 31 other NHL teams where they just don't disclose injury information. And uh, Coach Lane Lambert said after uh, the loss to the Avalanche, he had no updates on either Robert Bortuzzo or Semyon Varlamov. It's really hard to discern what's going on, and and it just leaves us all to speculate on it um, and and speculate on whether or not Semyon Varlamov did try and play through an injury. Now, uh, I had a chat with Scott Mayfield the other day on that subject. Mayfield is back in the lineup after an eight-game absence from an upper body injury. He also missed seven games in October uh, after the season opener. He played the season opener, then missed seven games with what was called a lower body injury. Everyone uh, believes that's uh, an ankle or a foot issue. And Mayfield said that initial injury didn't truly heal properly or well enough until he recently sat out eight more games uh, with a upper body injury, the, the, the recent injury he's just come back from. And, uh, you know, when, when Mayfield now says it's really the first time this season that he feels 100%. So I chatted with Scott uh, about the mentality of playing through injuries, the balance of, you know, when you do it, when you don't. And that all seems very relevant uh, because of what Semyon Varlamov is going through right now. You, you talked about like, yeah, how you hadn't felt right almost since game one. What's the balance between trying to play through that or maybe just saying, you know what, I'm not, I'm not 100%. Yeah. I, can't I mean, I, th I think it's always different. Every player is different. Um, you know, for me, I've actually never gone through an injury where, you know, if you look at my whatever, how many pro games it is, but NHL games even, 400-something, I, I think I've missed two games, both with broken 
feet, um, two different periods, both about 20 games each before this season. So I've missed 40 games in 400-something. So, you know, I never, you know, I think both were at the end of the season where one, we were out of playoffs. The other one, I think I came back for one game just to, I don't know, just to show I could skate or something. But those were the other two injuries, so I've never had to go through it. Um, you know, I've really never been hurt. So it's, uh, it's a different situation for me, and you know, I'm a guy that, if I think I can help the team, uh, I'm going to tell coach I'm ready, and you know, I'll let them make the decision from there. Let the medical staff make the decision if I'm ready, and then when they tell me I need to go, you know, I don't, I, I don't think the pain is something that bothers me as much. So it's more just going out there and doing my best, and um, you know, and we do have some depth on D now, which has been nice. We've shown that with uh, the injuries we have had, right. that's huge. So it's, uh, it's always different, situational. Um, you know, there's things you can do in playoffs that you don't really want to do at the start of the season. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a battle, but yeah. starting to feel better. Was, was it the stopping and starting and, you know, just the strength in the corners that you found a little bit lacking? Yeah, I mean, anything with your feet, lower body stuff, yeah. it just, you got to get used to that, putting that pressure back on it. And, um, yeah, I think the first step, the power coming off pushes, stuff like that. Um, you know, and then there were times you could see in games that it just got twisted up funny. So it's uh, it is what it is, and you know, hopefully, I, I'm hoping that's all past me because it started to feel pretty good. And you know, the time off for the upper body actually helped the lower body. So. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's funny how things work out mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, but, uh, did you? Uh, did you have discussions earlier in the season with the, the middle coach staff and the coaching staff? You know, where you really like discussing the pros and cons, or yeah, I think I think you know, and the injury I had every day was a different kind of challenge. Or yeah. some days it was great, and other days it wasn't. So yeah. you have those discussions, and um, you know, I, I think you, you know, obviously we have a great medical team that you know they're not going to put me at risk. They're not going to put any of the guys at risk out there. So it's uh, you know, first I think it's up to them, and then it's up to the player to make sure that they feel like they can play and compete and um, you just kind of go from there and each each day's new and injuries are tough it's uh, especially when they're not you know as black and white there's always some gray area when you're coming back and pain tolerance and all that stuff so it's uh and I, like I said, I've never gone through it until this yeah. season. So yeah. the other two times I went through it, it was pretty obvious what happened. And yeah. I was out for, you know, 20 games, and it was end of the season without playoffs, and that was it. And just yeah, I sort of touched on this the other night. Now that you're back and you sort of feel, you have to feel like you're, yourself. How does that alter your mood and your, it's, your optimism? It's way better. <laughs> I, mean, there, I, I, I can think of a handful of games that you know I probably wasn't the happiest guy yeah. out there. So it's uh, it's nice to be back, and you know now yeah. it's making sure you just do all the right things, stay healthy, and um, you know just get back to the game I need to play. Look, as, as I mentioned, if either Varlamov or Ilya Sorokin were seriously hurt and missed significant time, uh, that could very well be it for the Islanders' playoff hopes. Um, and, and, you know, I know I keep coming back to uh, a lack of NHL-ready goalies in the organization. I'm not trying to disrespect Ken Appleby, um, you know, but this, you know, and I hate the phrase, but this truly is what it is. It's, uh, it's Sorokin and Varlamov and, and really uh, not much of a safety net behind them. Um, Appleby is 28. He's an undrafted free agent uh, at Bridgeport this year. He's 5-5-0 with a 2.88 goals against average and a .897 save percentage. Um, Jakub Shkarek, who's 24 now, he was a third-round pick in 2018. Um, and this may be the real disappointment because, you know, 
uh, a third round pick, you think you can develop this guy into, you know, a, a guy that can be used at the NHL level. Again, 24 um, goalies do take a while to develop, but he's 313 and 2 this year with the 3.51 goals against and an 877 save percentage for Bridgeport. Those are nowhere near the numbers you need from Shkarek to. Uh, to think that he could be ready, you know, even for a spot start in the NHL. And then the other uh, two goalies uh, really in the organization right now, Tristan Lennox, who's 21. He was a third-round pick in 21. Uh, and Henrik Tikkanen, who's 23, a seventh-round pick in 2020. Uh, for the most part, that comprises the goalie tandem for the Islanders, ECHL affiliate in Worcester. Um, the most recent numbers, Lennox was... Five six and two with a two point nine four goals against and a nine oh nine save percentage. Uh, Tikkanen, who's six foot seven by the way, um, is is six five and two with a three point one one goals against and a eight nine six save percentage. He he did get his first start for Bridgeport uh, when Appleby was recalled the previous time to recall uh, to back up Sorokin. Um, Tikkanen allowed five goals on 34 shots, but Bridgeport did win in overtime in his first AHL start. Um, and, and as I mentioned also, in that overtime loss to Colorado, Bortuzzo, Robert, defenseman Robert Bortuzzo, exited in the second period, uh, lower body injury. He was placed on injured reserve on Wednesday. Uh, Avalanche defenseman Samuel Girard checked him hard. In my opinion, it, it was a clean hit uh, into the left wall. It, it was really scary watching Bortuzzo flop around on the ice. He was, you know, he was aware enough that the puck was still there. He didn't have a stick. He was trying to grab his stick. He was trying to get to his feet. He was trying to clear the puck out, and, and he just could not put any weight on his right leg. He was later seen being carted around the bowels of uh, Ball Arena with the Islanders training staff. Um, the, the Islanders, uh, and I'll get to this more in Andrew's answers, but uh, Adam Pellick is on this trip. He's been skating with the teams uh, during the morning skate. He's eligible to be activated off of long-term injured reserve at any point. And also the Islanders still have, uh, obviously, Sebastian Ajo, uh, was the healthy scratch against the Avalanche after Ajo was in against the Penguins uh, two days uh, prior and Bortuzzo was the healthy scratch. Um, I mentioned the Islanders are currently in third place in the Metropolitan Division. That's on the strength, really, of uh, 10 points gained from overtime shootout losses. They are 4-10 overall in games that go past regulation. So, Good on them to to get those points, but boy, if they were even five hundred in uh, in overtimes, you know they they'd be competing for first place in this division, not you know trying to hold on to a uh, third place. Um, now, as I mentioned uh, at the beginning, this was really a bucket bucket list item to interview Billy Smith. Um, as I mentioned, he rarely does media interviews anymore. Uh, the first time I got to chat with him, and it was real briefly, and, and I have to say he was an absolute gentleman uh, about it, but I saw him, I believe it was at Butch Goring's uh, 
Jersey retirement uh, night uh, at Nassau Coliseum. Uh, he was up uh, in the suite area, bumped into him in the, in the tight hallways. And, and I told him I'd love to interview him. And his response is, was basically, you know, I don't play hockey anymore. I haven't played hockey for a long, long time. Uh, of what interest could I be? Now, obviously, I, I beg to differ on that. I, I could talk to Billy Smith for, you know, four hours uh, about his experiences and his thoughts on uh, hockey today. Uh, obviously, you know, he's not going to, he, he doesn't do that kind of time, but he was nice enough to, uh, you know, chat with a bunch of reporters um, uh, outside, uh, the, the two rinks outside at the park, what used to be the uh, backyard for Belmont Park and uh, now sort of the combined backyard for Belmont Park and uh, UBS Arena. And uh, I sort of hijacked the first, <laughs> I don't know, I, I want to say four or five minutes of his scrum just because I, I was so excited to talk to him. And, uh, you know, he, I thought he had some interesting answers. So anyway, here's you know, something I've always wanted to do in my career, which was uh, chat with Billy Smith. What brings you around, and uh, what do you think of it? Well, uh, the Islanders did a very nice thing for me, uh, helping out my brother in that. Um, so uh, they're going to be here at the game tonight. So <clears throat> I thought, what the heck, I'd come in and uh, yeah. help out. <laughs> do you? I, I know, you know, you don't necessarily usually talk a lot <laughs> to the media, but... Um, Post post career, but uh, do you have any thoughts? Do you watch the Islanders much? Or? I watch them every now and then. I, <clears throat> I'm not a diehard hockey fan anymore. I mean, yeah. you you all get away from it, and I'm I'm up two hours north of Toronto, so yeah, I'll watch it on TV every once in a while. But it's not I'm not one of these guys that sit down and have to watch a hockey game every night. <laughs> do you, do you miss any part of it? Is it you know I know ex players say it's always the camaraderie, the money, yeah. Well. <laughs> Of course, it's a lot better now than yeah. in our day, but uh, uh, not really. No, no. And, and just, you know, you, you played at Nassau Coliseum for years. I don't know how much you've wandered around the new building. But, oh, wow. Well. <laughs> it, it, it's like anything else. Uh, in my day, it was, it was kind of Nassau was just built. Mm -hmm. So it was spectacular at yeah. that time. Yeah. But it's like all the rest of us, the older we get, the yeah. <laughs> the flaws that come into us, uh, we have to move on and get something new. Yeah. Do you? I know you say you don't watch much hockey. What, the, the way goalies play today, does it? Is it? Is there anything equitable? You know, from back when you played. I, I know the techniques are so different. Well, everything is so different. Uh, look at me, guys. I'm the same height as you, a little smaller. Go stand beside a goalie today. They're yeah. six four, six six. If I went down on my knees, it was about four feet left to get to the crossbar. They go down on their knees, and their their head's still above the crossbar. <laughs> so it's it's different. It's you know, like in my day, if I was being a goalie today, they wouldn't even look at me because I'm too small. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's a different it's it's a different uh, it's totally different. Yeah. Do you, do you get out on the ice at all anymore? No, I give it up about three years. I got my hip done, so. Yeah. I, I think I'm getting smarter in my old age. I, I gave it up, you know, maybe go skating every once in a while, but no. Yeah. You uh, you sticking around for the game? or? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, I head back tomorrow, so, yeah. 
Yeah. Be good. Do you any specific thoughts when you talk about goalies? Just Ilya Sorokin, you know, like what what you've seen when you watch him play. Well, he, he hey, a lot of times he's he's the one that keeps him in the game and wins the game. Yeah. And uh, like I said, um, you see, like not by him. Like I said, I, I've watched him. He's very fast, very quick, yeah. agile, and, and he does a lot of things well. Uh, He's just got to learn how to score. <laughs> do, you, do you think any goalie today could play the way you did with, with the feisty, with the edginess? Well, it's a different world. Uh, you got you got too many TVs on you. You know, in my day, you only had one TV, so if you're sneaky, you wouldn't get caught. Uh, today, it's totally different. It's you know, they have what six, seven cameras in the building. You can't do anything. Um, could you play that way? No, you get suspended. I know Butchie's a big fan of the horses. Did he ever take you? <laughs> That's another thing I don't care to watch. <laughs> I lose I lose my money on other things without having to go there. When you guys played, it seemed you and the Rangers played in the playoffs every year, right? Uh, most years. And yeah, now, when they made it. Yeah. Well, now now the team. Oh, I, I, I didn't hear many last, so he must have a lot of Rangers. <laughs> They only play four times a year in the in the regular season. They haven't played yet. They haven't played in the playoffs in '94. How how important was that rivalry to to both franchises? Well, I think it's important all throughout the league. You look at Montreal, Toronto. You look at L.A. Vegas. You you go around the league and you you look at the teams that are close together, like us. Yeah. It it, it it's great. I mean. Everybody gets excited. Everybody yell and scream. It's not hard to sell the building out. <clears throat> but then again, you you could end up playing two tough teams all the time and have teams, other teams in the league, getting ahead of you, yeah. not playing the same quality of hockey team. Yeah. So they do the best they can. Now I hope you enjoyed that as as much as I did. Um, here's a picture of me. Uh, interviewing Smitty in that scrum, and honestly, I'm just grinning from ear to ear like a little boy. And 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 at one point, that's sort of how I felt. You know, uh, I, I he was a bucket list item because when I was growing up, and I, I did grow up an Islander fan, even though I, I grew up in Manhattan. Um, you all have your players, and Billy Smith was my guy. You know, I, I don't tend to idolize people and, and much less so now in this profession. But Smitty was far and away my favorite player. And I know, you know, he was probably one of the most hated players in the league and for the way he played. And, you know, he could be called a cheap shot artist. But you know what? He, he was the goalie on my team. And I was just, I, I played goalie. I was fascinated to watch Billy Smith play. Um, it was just, to me, it was just really fun to watch how he played. Uh, you know, when I played goal, I, I was always trying to emulate him and hit people in the ankles with my stick and clear the crease and make things uncomfortable for other people. And, uh, <laughs> um, like I said, it, it was just kind of really cool to, uh, uh, to get to chat with him. Um, he's, he, he last thing for me is just... Uh, I, I'm not a big believer in, you know, wearing, you know, jerseys 
Uh, certainly not as a journalist. I would never do that. But when I was a kid, the only jersey I ever had was a Billy Smith jersey. And I, I went to junior high school about, I don't know, 10 blocks from Madison Square Garden. Everyone was a Rangers fan. And I would walk in 7th and 8th grade um, with my Billy Smith jersey and, uh, you know, usually had to defend myself for doing so. But anyway, so that was me chatting with Billy Smith. And now in my own way, I will be chatting with you. It's time for your questions with Andrew's answers. Will Forthman says, um, how concerned do you think we should be about the Bortuzzo Varlamov injuries? Do you think Lou will look outside the organization for a third string NHL goalie? Should Varlamov's injury be significant? Um, Isles Eistop says, if it's Varlamov's groin issues acting up again, will Ken Appleby get the start tomorrow against the Coyotes? It would seem to be the best game to see if he can shoulder the load. And Matt says, uh, what are the options if Varlamov is out? Any decent trade targets? And I don't think, uh, Isles Eistop, that, um, Lane Lambert is going to throw Ken Appleby right in there. They need these two points. Um, it will be Ilya Sorokin's game against the Coyotes. Um, and yes, uh, I, I do think Lou will be forced to look outside the organization uh, for uh, what you would call a third-string NHL goalie, a guy who you know would have to go to... Uh, uh, Bridgeport. Now, that's problematic because then you, you squeeze out one of these prospects and, you know, you can't really call Ken Appleby a, a, a prospect, um, but Tikkanen or uh, Shkarek or uh, Lennox, someone loses ice time. But yeah, you know, I, I think to protect himself, and again, back to what the Jets should have done as soon as Aaron Rodgers got hurt. They should have protected themselves by getting going out, reaching out, and uh, bringing in a guy they thought could start if they had to. And that's what the Islanders may need to do. Now, again, we're, we're speculating. We, we have no idea how long Varlamov is going to be out, whether it's just a one game or, you know, it's Appleby, you know, maybe even Varley's back against the Coyotes. We have no idea. But you, you sort of you owe it to yourself if you're Lou Lamarillo to go to the worst case scenario, obviously. Now, uh, amongst goalies that Lou could target, there are some names out there. One of them is, uh, you know, the Coyotes' former starter, Karel Vejmelka. Um, he's in the second season of a three-year deal with, a, uh, you know, 2.7 against the cap. Um, you know, and, and this really would be if, if Varlamov has to go on injured reserve and is out a long time. Otherwise, you don't import money like that. Um, but Vejmelka, that's someone that uh, the, the Coyotes might trade. Other names who that have appeared on trade boards or trade bait uh, include the Canadian goalies Jake Allen or uh, Caden Primo. Um, Primo is particularly cheap. Uh, he's coming in at under nine hundred thousand uh, as a uh, salary cap, um, but he does not have much experience. Jake Allen, much more experience, but he's almost got four million against the cap, so that makes that very prohibitive. 
do you want to try James Reamer uh, with the Red Wings? Um, he's affordable, $1.5 million, and you're not locked into him because he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. So, uh, you know, possibility, um, you know, not great choices, but again, these you're looking for a guy who you can spot start. Say, you know, Varlamov is out, you figure Sorokin's going to play you know, seven out of eight games or five out of six games. So you just need a guy who can give you a decent spot start here or there. Um, let's see, a couple on Bortuzzo. Brian G says, how is Robert Bortuzzo doing? That looked scary last night. I agree. It was very scary in person. Um, Andy Harris says, who's the next man up? Assuming Bortuzzo will be out for a while, which I think he certainly will be. And Bill Both or Bill Both says if Bortuzzo is out long-term, does that Lou force Lou to make another defense move? And, uh, you know, Bortuzzo was gotten from the Blues for a seventh-round pick. Uh, this was when uh, Adam Pellick and Ryan Pulak and uh, Scott Mayfield or, or Sebastian Ajo, they've had injuries to, to all those four defensemen. So, uh you know, Robert Bortuzzo was gotten cheap. Mike Riley was claimed off waivers. So really, Lou was able to import two veteran NHL defensemen, both probably more seventh D-man uh, quality, but still, you know, NHL experience, um, and only gave up a seventh-round pick for the two of them. But I don't think he needs to make another move. Adam Pellick is skating with the team. Uh, right now, he's eligible to come off long-term injured reserve for what we think is, you know, it's called an upper body. We think it's a uh, left arm, left wrist, something like that. He, he could be back at any time, really. Um, and then Ryan Pulak is not on the trip, and he's not uh, skating yet with the team, uh, certainly uh, at last ask. Uh, I don't believe he was even skating on his own, so he's... He's long-term injured reserve as well. But you do have Pella coming back. Um, Sebastian Ajo is healthy. Um, I don't think you need to go outside. Samuel Bolduc is playing better. And as far as the update on Bortuzzo, uh, I, I can just tell you it looked as bad as you saw on TV. And like I said, he was seen uh, on a cart being driven around after the game, although it, it did not appear he had a cast on his right leg or anything like that. Um, Isles Ice Dog again says, are, are we really back to penny pinching? Why no TV radio crew for the trip? Let's see. Uh, if that's the case, how long before we are making lineup decisions based on contract commitments? And I, I don't think you can say if A, then B. Uh, that's really hockey operations versus business operations. And, you, you know, ownership has shown that they're going to spend to the salary cap limit, if not above, which they are now with uh, two defensemen on LTIR. Um, let's see. Uh, and, you know, and Isles Eisdog says Bortuzzo injury was timely for Mayfield. He'll have to stay in the lineup. And uh, what did Ajo do to come out? Um, a lot of it was matchups, um, righties, lefties, 
Um, and I think it was just Lane Lambert looking to see if he could get the, the, the right combinations. I, I do think, you know, when, when Sebastian is not playing great, he's turning the puck over a little bit and not being able to transition the puck out of his own zone uh, well enough. Um, and, you know, look, the radio crew has not been on the road all season, and that's not going to change. Uh, there are some games that TV just does not come out to. Um, and uh, I'll, sometimes that's based on uh, uh, travel arrangements and uh, guaranteeing that you can get from one city to the next. So, uh, nope, uh, TV was not in Colorado. Uh, the empty booth showed that. Um, I believe the broadcasters are back out on the road and will meet the team in Las Vegas. Oh, and also Eli is elite. Asked me if can I take uh, Brendan and Butchie with me the next time because the studio BS has to stop. Look, if you talk to Brendan and Butchie and Shannon and and the whole MSG crew, a hundred percent of the time they would prefer to be in the arena. Uh, I know that about them. Uh, let's see. Michael says, how did the Islanders? get so bad defensively over the last two seasons. And I, I, it, it's a bit of slowing down. Adam Pellick, Ryan Pulak, uh, both hurt this year. Uh, Pellick's been through some injuries. Scott Mayfield, although he has not been prone to long-term injuries, um, you know, he's, he's, what is he, he's 29, 30 Right now, I don't have it right in front of me, but these are guys that are, you know, they're not young ones <laughs> as such anymore. Um, and, and also, uh, beyond that, uh, Lane Lambert, um, look, he's emphasizing offense a little bit more uh, than, than Barry Trotz was, uh, or more than you're used to uh, since Lou Lamarillo took over the Islanders. So sometimes... Uh, you, you sacrifice a little bit of defense for some offense. Um, uh, Keith Amato, who doesn't seem happy, says the Islanders excel at two things better than any team, uh, other team in the NHL. They excel at being inconsistent, and they excel at having a knack for poor fundamentals. Is this due to the team having the wrong mix of players, or is it a team system defect, or both? Um, if it's both, then they have huge problems uh, ahead. I, when you talk of, about fundamentals, uh, you look, sometimes they, they have some pretty bad penalties uh, called against them. Matthew Barzell has to be more careful with his stick in the offensive zone. Um, I, I don't think it's, I mean, you know, it, it does always come back to the players, right? I, I don't think you call it a, a system defect. Um, but you know, I, I, like I said, I mean, the team is slowing down a little bit. Um, we haven't talked about the fourth line, Matt Martin and Oliver Wallstrom are, are both odd men out of the lineup and they seem to be, that seems to be the case, uh, you know, more often than not. Um, this really seems like the last go round for the fourth line, um, so, but when you talk about the mix of players, 
they're not going anywhere. You know, Sorokin signed for eight years. Barzell and Horvat are signed for eight years. Um, Pierre Ingvold, Scott Mayfield are signed for seven years. Um, Nathan Christian says, do you think they'll manage to go the whole season without scoring an empty net goal? Uh, more serious question, do you think Dobson gets an all-star nod this season? And look, I, I don't think your first question is not a serious question. I, I think it's a very serious question. It's been, it's been why they haven't been able to hold leads is because they can't score that empty net goal. Um, and then the other team scores six on five. They, they need to score empty net goals and, and really be able to clinch goals. And it, it is a serious problem. And, you know, we're going to find out about Thompson this week. Uh, the first 32 NHL All-Stars get named on Thursday. So perhaps by the time you hear this, um, Noah will already get an All-Star nod. And look, if I was picking an All-Star from this team, I think I would pick Noah, although you could certainly say Matthew Barzell or Bo Horvat um, or even Ilya Sorokin, and I really wouldn't argue with any of those. I just think Noah Dobson uh, so far is really having the best season of any Islander, and, and he deserves to be an uh, all-star. Um, the notorious uh, MJT says, what are we to make of this team at almost the midway point of the season? And when will we see the Isles Stadium Series jersey? And that's got to be coming out uh, within a week or so, I would think. And look, if, uh, if they continue to lose on this road trip, I would expect to see those jerseys out sooner rather than later, just so they could have uh, uh, something kind of deflect away from the losing. Um, what do I make at this team? You know, this has been a really hard one. I, I was saying to someone, you know, I, I, this is one of the few teams I've covered since I started covering the NHL in 2003 where I really, uh, on a game-to-game -game basis, I just really don't know sometimes. You know, they, they, they surprise me with games where you think they're going to play well and they don't, and then uh, other games where they... They do play well, and then they're, you know, they, they were leading the, the Avalanche 3-1, and I thought they were getting outplayed. Um, you know, they were they were up 4-3 in that game, too, and I thought they were getting outplayed. So I I wish I had a better answer, um, and, and I think the coaches probably wish they had a better answer because it's a team that has not 100% established their identity yet. Um, they don't hold leads um, they're not the hardest hitting team. They've, they've become one of the, the, the lesser physical teams that I've seen. And, and that's surprising given, uh, you know, what that identity line uh, used to give. Um, Pete Lynch says, if he shoots more, do you think Simon Holmstrom can be the sniper they've been looking for? You know what? I, Simon Holmstrom's been one of the Islanders' best stories this season. So let me start there. Um, I... I I really like the development in his game, but no, I, I don't think he is going to be the sniper they look for. And by sniper, you're looking for someone who can score 25 goals consistently, and 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 that's not going to be Simon Holmstrom. I think he's going to be a very, very useful third-line uh, left wing, and, and I, I think that's fine. Michael Guarini says, do you think uh, defenseman Mike Riley is showing why he was on waivers with his recent penchant for turning over the puck? 
And yes, 100%, yeah, uh, Mike Riley is a 100% risk-reward player. And, you know, sometimes it's a lot more risk uh, than reward. And yeah, I, I think what happens is he comes in, he, he kind of, uh, you know, teases you with his ability to get into the offensive zone. He's a really good skater, um, and he's very aggressive in the offensive zone, but he is not... You know, Lane Lambert has been going on and on and on about the team's puck management deficiencies, and, uh, you know, Mike Riley is right in there. Jeff Scott says, with coaches like Peter Laviolette, John Tortorella, and Rod Brindamore uh, coaching Metropolitan Division rivals, how do you think Lane Lambert stacks up against these more experienced head coaches? Lane is liked by his players. Um, they, they like that he's pushing the offense a little bit more. But Lane does not yet have the track record as a head coach to, to say that, you know, he's better than any of those guys. I mean, you know, look, Rod Brindamore to me is one of the, you know, the, the, the best coaches in the league. You see what Peter Laviolette does when he first comes to a franchise like he's doing this year with the... Uh, with the uh, Rangers, and you still go back and you wonder, boy, if the Islanders hadn't, you know, if Mike Milbury hadn't, you know, kind of pulled the, the, the shoot on Laviolette after two seasons, what happens with the Islanders, right? And, and then, uh, you know, my old buddy John Tortorella, it just, he just continually is in the discussion for Jack Adams Awards. So, no, I, I don't think... Lane has the track record to, to, to be compared to any of those three guys yet. You look at Lane's record right now, you know, 17, 10, and 10. Last season, the Islanders finished 42, 31, and 9. That's a career record for Lane Lambert with the Islanders, not including the, the games he subbed in when Barry Trotz was unavailable. Um, he, he's 59, 41, and 19 as the Islanders coach. And if you do further math, that's 59 wins and 60 losses. So he, he's been a 500 coach really with the Islanders. And uh, I, I don't think you say that about uh, a Peter Laviolette or John Tortorella or Rod Brindamore. But anyway, listen, thank you so much for your questions. Uh, I appreciate the listen. You can go to newsday.com backslash aisles for all of Newsday's Islanders content. And until the next Island Ice podcast, happy hockey, everybody.